Network, a podcast designed for women working in financial services and financial technology. I'm Cheryl Brown, Chief Engagement Officer at Females and Finance. I'm also an international speaker on social and digital marketing, too. On The F Word, you'll meet leaders in the community, as well as learn more about recruiting, training, advancing, and retaining quality female talent. Let's take a listen to today's episode. Today, I'm excited to have Mr. Fintech extraordinaire, Adam Holt, on the F Word today. Adam Holt has been a financial advisor for more than 20 years, and during which time, he helped build and manage his wealth management firm to more than $1 billion in assets under management. Adam is known for his early adoption of technology to build trend-setting client experiences, the mindset which led him to found AssetMap, a financial technology firm dedicated to creating engaging visual communication tools used throughout the customer and advisor journey and now used by thousands of advisors worldwide. Adam obtained his Bachelor of Science in Economics and Environmental Planning from Rutgers University in New Brunswick an executive MBA from Drexel University and a certificate in retirement planning from Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. Adam is a certified financial planner practitioner and attended the American College where he also has his chartered financial consultant designation. You're making me feel like a slacker, Adam Holt. How are you? I did that all before the age of three. I'm great. Before the age of three. Yeah, yeah really feeling like it. That's all right. I love it. I love it. So I always love to tell everybody how I meet cool people is the number one question. Number mm. one question I'm asked is, well, how do you know all these great people? TJ Hill, exactly mm. one year ago today. I feel like I've known you longer, but it's exactly one year ago today is our little friend anniversary. No uh, when happy he connected us. Yeah, happy friend anniversary. And uh, I feel like my life is richer for having an Adam Holt in it. Oh, thanks, Cheryl. Well, you're a force. I only, I only just followed you on, uh, on the social media and said, "Who is this like whirling dervish? This person just making things happen." Yeah, well, you know, it's because of great people like you, quite frankly, and that, and that is exactly why we exist today. And I have to tell you, thank you. You were gracious enough to give me time. Uh, I was just like, will you talk to me? And you're like, yeah. And and ever since then, I've been following you and I just really adore all the work that you do. You have great people at SMAP. That's one thing we care about. So I definitely want to talk about SMAP, but first what I want to talk about is your journey. How did you get to where you are today? You mean this morning or like in general? <laughs> in got... general, talk about this career journey. I know oh. I'm going to make you talk about yourself. You're actually not somebody who yeah. talks a lot about yourself. Well, you know, okay. So if you're asking about how I got into fintech specifically or how I got into I'd like to hear about the financial service component of it because yeah. I think that that's really important. We have a lot of people who work in fintech but may not have necessarily been a financial service professional themselves, yeah. which I have respect for both, but yours is a little different because you yeah. were a financial service. Well, you're still a financial service professional, even though you may not think you wear that hat you do. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about that journey. Well, so I, you know, it's funny. I think it's kind of unique, but it's probably not Cheryl. I, I got actually into financial services in 1998, which sounds like so long ago, but I remember those days, right? Mm-hmm. 1998, I was two years out of college. Um, I had worked for the government. I was doing environmental research as my degree kind of uh, identified. And I realized I don't want to work for the government. I, I can't be behind a computer. 
ironically, I can't be by the computer uh, all day long. I need people around me. And, and I always loved finance. I had done it as a second major. So I went to a job fair and I met a financial planning company and I said, I'm going to just change it completely. So I'm going to, I'm going to go into finance somehow and, and be around people. I didn't realize I was actually hired by a life insurance company at the time. So I learned the life insurance business, wasn't really good at it. And um, I decided I had some, ex I had some experience you know, in the early days of being a financial advisor, as many of you can relate, if you're in the business, it is a tough haul. It's they, you know, they tend to say, you know, if you can make it the first four years, you may survive. Um, I didn't have a natural market. I'm originally from New York City, moved to Philadelphia with my mom, single mom who brought us here and uh, stayed in Philadelphia after graduation. So when you get in this business, typically you start working with your friends and family. We didn't really have any. We didn't have a network. So uh, I got into this business. I realized that financial planning was the only way I could compete as a young person who didn't know anything. So I started on, I got really hooked on financial planning and I actually had a lot of success with it. Um, and it was strange because then I got, I got uh, picked up and I think like everything, people elevate you. If you're at the right time, right place mm -hmm. and you're doing the right kinds of things, sometimes you get noticed and um, two very seasoned advisors uh, who were looking for a young person uh, noticed me because I was uh, doing really well in my my generation, if you will, within the organization. And they said, "Listen, you maybe you could be something with us." So I joined them, and that the rest is history. I mean, I I basically had the opportunity long term to succeed them, I take over their firm, and then grow it the way that I really wanted to. Um, and that's kind of the accolades of that business. But Asset Map, in a strange way, was merely my artistic need. I'm an artist by by hobby. Uh, I draw cartoons and I do drawings and sculpture and these kinds of funny things. So anyway, long story short is Cheryl, I basically just tried to draw what I saw in finances to try to explain it. And that thing has taken off on a life of its own. Asset Map is now, gosh, we've touched over a million people in Asset Map and it's really exciting to now. So I would say I'm almost in my retired financial advice world. The last three, four years, I've been out of practice. Uh, the firm still runs uh, on its own, but it's been fun. It's been a crazy journey. I love it. You talked a little bit about the, it's almost like napkin finance, really. It's yeah. Drawing it out, right? And Yellow pads. And yellow pads and everything. And, you know, I have to tell you, I, when I moved, when I was 19, I moved to San Francisco. I knew nobody. And people think, you know, I was working in life insurance. That's how I got my start. And I still, I still, you know, I'm a risk manager. I love it. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what I did that because it was the same kind of thing where it was like, well, who do you know? Nobody. I literally know nobody. Like I know you. And it's like, nice. so one of the things that I, one of the things I did was I had access to a Xerox machine because we used to actually call them Xerox machines because I'm that old. And I said, um, uh, and I didn't have fancy fonts and things. And I made a little thing that said uh, for lunch buddies, I didn't know anybody. And we were in the 333 market building in San Francisco. And I only had access because there's two levels of elevators. I could only go to the first set, the elevators that I had access to in the second set. So for everything that I had access to, I actually went in and I put a little thing. So if you, you know, if you're looking for, a, you know, networking, for a new lunch buddy, here's how to get, you know, it's my phone number. And I did, I got phone calls of people and I'm like, I'll go to lunch, I'll go to lunch. And that's, that's how good. I, I know, that's how I met people. So, you know, what I found out later on is I'm a better marketer than I was an insurance salesperson. <laughs> you get a lot of lunches, a lot of expensive lunches. 
That's fun. Yes. But you had yeah. fun. You know, that's but I had fun. I met new people. And the building we were in was the Sim City building. Mm -hmm. They were so much fun to go to lunch with because they were very creative. And I just got to meet new people. And I think that that's never part of me has never changed. And I think that's what I like the most about you is that you're always very authentic to who you are. I mean, you might do this well, but you do what you do at Asset Map way better. You yeah, know what I mean? You. Thanks. Well, we believe it. That's the difference. We've also seen, like when you create something and then you've actually seen it work in the field. It's not a just concept. You've seen people cry and they hug you and they, you've given them, oh gosh, you know, the, the kind of like uh, my grandma would say the neshama, like the real, the real soul of it and knowing that you're making a difference. And that just keeps motivating you. For many years, you know, in FinTech, I was thinking, what am I doing? Just blowing all this money, investing in this technology. Nobody's, nobody seems to care who's intellectual, like, yeah. Until the customer saw it. So I, I think, um, I don't know. It's a it's a testament to the fact that so many times people don't always, even ourselves, see what's the potential. You kind of just got to keep doing it. If it if it really serves people, it's almost worth it just to keep doing it. You know, I want to I want to continue on with that because I actually wrote something down when anyone goes to the asset. I, I did this. I went when I went to the asset map. I've been to your site many times, but yeah. when I see the words over 1 million people are using asset mat with their advisors yeah. to gain financial clarity. I actually sat in that for a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, so to give you a reference, I have like, mm -hmm. I don't know, 15,000 connections on LinkedIn and yeah. I don't know them that well, but I do a pretty good, I do a pretty good job of trying to stay in touch with everybody. I do know, I know. 1 million. Mm -hmm. Do you ever sit back and I can't imagine have you ever stopped and you, I mean, I'm sure you have because I know the kind of person you are and, and just sat in um, how much an idea that you had positively yeah. has impacted people's lives. You've changed the trajectory of some people's lives on simply because you took something. And I think that um, when did you know you were onto something with it? When did it click? Um. Wow. Thank you. I just had that moment. I, cause I don't stop to think, you know, I'm not, I don't, um, you know, I, what? I will my, tell I you, I don't count my chips very often. I, I like know. Them. And I'm going to tell you something that somebody said to me recently. So we have 3,066 members at females and finance yeah. today. Look at that. And that. yeah. And I used to say, Oh, but I, I don't anymore. I now actually go in and I look at that number and I, um, I'm humbled mm. by it. You know what I mean? And it's because I don't take the time to stop and really look at it because I think there's work to be done and, and you're much of that same idea. But I think something happened when there's a moment when everything clicked that oh, I'm onto something here. When, when yeah. was that for you? What did that look like or feel like, if you don't mind? It's a great question. For me, you know, there's so much. I, I was joking the other day, I have a nine-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And she heard me describe this on the phone to someone. I said that asset map, asset map is like my child and I call it my daughter's sister, right? She was here first and she's kind of gotten to this place where I always looked at asset map as a daughter. I don't know why, but that my job. Because you birthed it. It's an idea. Yeah, it has to come you to birthed life. It, right. Yeah. I was a single parent in many ways, but uh, I knew how to do that. I, in many ways, the idea in, in the early phases was just to 
was just to satisfy my need to communicate. And that's just the way I, I'm, I've been mind mapping for years. In fact, a lot of people don't know that when I was a kid, my mom had exposed me to Tony Robbins and she used to drag me along to the Tony Robbins events, these big, huge events over days and days, like 20 hour days. And we got involved and, and she started staffing. So I, I had to go with them, but I had this artistic uh, skill and so they literally had me doing Tony's mind mapping in the back of the room. So I would sit on the production desk and I would basically draw out all his notes all day long. So literally, I got to literally audit these classes since I was 16 years old. So um, I learned a lot, right? But the reason that I say that to you is that I learned that this was a great way to communicate complexity fast. And that's all our business is, right? Trying to take someone who has no literacy or maybe an intimidation factor on finance and then try to get them to start helping themselves, right? But when they have transparency and they can see and they're like, oh, oh, that's how that works. This, I got to move this from here to here. So for me in the early days, it was just the way I thought. I, I thought visually mm -hmm. and I wanted to communicate it back to give people a framework. So there was a moment when it was, it was an internal use only document, right? Because you can imagine yeah. someone's entire life on one page. So... I was in a, I was in a meeting. I was drawing all over it, and I had I had a meeting where I had driven down to D.C. to meet with a client. Um, I brought my huge uh, financial planning report and all my morning stars and all these awesome reports that I had spent hours putting together. And he sees me drawing in the notes, and he literally grabs it from me, and he says, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Well, this is a map. It's an asset map. I make it for myself. I can help you understand your life, and I, it's how I take my notes. And I know I need to move this from me." He's like. I don't want this big, like 90 page report. I want this, give me this. I can go and I can have a conversation where my spouse and I won't fight because we can now clearly agree that this is where everything is and what needs to move. I'm like, all right, you, you need that too. And then I provided it to them. And all of a sudden, once I got this thing compliance approved, my productivity exploded. Yeah. So I had this kind of, I had this, um, you know, like you get this recognition moment that people are like, no, I actually want this too. I'm, I have the same problem. And then I literally, within three years, I was doing 10X my production, three years. I tripled it three years in a row, compounded. And I was like in my thirties and I'm like, I guess I do know how to sell. And I, and, and that, that was it. There was build, build the whole infrastructure to support it. And asset map was really kept to itself. I mean, inside for another, till 2012 before I even shared it. So I don't know. I, there's moments I needed the validation a hundred times, Cheryl. Like I, I was very nervous about yeah. making this bigger than my own little kind of black box. Um, but it, you know, it took took you know guts and a lot of people pulling me to say no, take it out and grow beyond your your comfort. Because um, clearly it was serving me. I just it needed it needed a, a, a kick to get it into the next gear. And I really test it's a testament to all the people that supported me. So a couple of things from that. One, um, I am a mind mapper. Yay. I I use MindMeister, but there's so many of them out there. People can use whatever they want. Uh, I just like the shareability. I can present with it. I can do all of these things. Mm -hmm. There's not an idea today that I have ever published or put out that I haven't mapped. Um, females and Finance started off as a circle on a map mm -hmm. that started getting... You know, we, we, it, yeah, and I have to tell you too, whoever that third grade teacher was that taught us how to mind map, I felt like that person you saw it back me. Then, huh? I, re I remember thinking, this is how I think. 
Like mm-hmm. you see me, like I felt like for the first time, somebody understood a visual thinker. Yeah. It is very difficult for me. Um, I'm a definitely a copious note taker. It's a neuroscience for me for the writing part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I get done, if there's an idea, gotta be mapped up. The yeah. second thing that I have to tell you as an insurance uh, lover, uh-huh. I love all you planners, but everybody dies. hundred <laughs> percent claim there. You know, and, and, right. and I'm so tired of the GoFundMe's. I mean, I'm just, not in a bad way, but in a sad way, you know, that we just got to do the work. What I love about your software, Mm -hmm. when you did the live demo at Females in Finance, and I had, I specifically asked my husband, who's newer to to this, to watch, and he was just mind blown by it. But what I love the fact was how you had on the actual map, the the different, you know, levels of where people have coverage or not, because what I tell people, which you did not know this, is that when people are wanting to know about how to look at their life, their assets or this, I said, I want you to, what is the most, I always ask them, what's the most precious thing person in the world to you? Oftentimes it's their family members, it's your child or Mm. spouse or whatever. I said, okay, if I walked you up to two elevators and one of them had a one pulley system and the other one had a six pulley system. Which one are you going to put the most precious people in the world to you on? And of course, they're going to say six, right? Mm-hmm. Every one of those pulleys is your assets. Interesting. It's your life insurance. Mm-hmm. It's this. So guess what? There's other things to catch you when something happens. If you just have one, it's yeah. you're down. That's and great. they get great. that. And your software helps me selfishly tell that kind of a story. Yeah because that's exactly the way you've got it set up. And it's, it is one page. It's like right there and it's remarkable. That's interesting that you see that the pulley, I've heard that analogy before, you know, the way that we were thinking about it was, you know, that the challenge, the beauty and the challenge with mind mapping is that it allows expression for those of you that do this, uh, basically take the relationships of concepts and data and place them in their relative position to mm-hmm. each other, either in time or in space or in number of branches and so forth. You can imagine that concept, mm-hmm. right? But the challenge with that in finance is that because everybody's life is so unique, you would have mass customization at the wazoo. You'd never be able to scale it. And that was the biggest challenge is that if I draw a unique diagram for you, to redraw a completely unique diagram for someone else is going to take me hours, especially as an artist. And I care about the details. So I had to make certain concessions on the scalability of asset map. In other words, where assets sat and where they lived relative to each other and how do you group them and still, still be able to understand conceptually where things are. And it was really important to me, no matter what, that insurances had to live over the visual top of the people. In other words, it represents the umbrella, if you will, And how many of those boxes do you have? Do you have life, LTC, LTD? Do you have property casualty liability? These are the things that protect you. And it's interesting because a lot of people said in the early days that ASIMAP was a life insurance sales tool. Mm. And I said, no, it's an agnostic, technically accurate visual representation of a balance sheet, a policy summary, and an income statement over a family tree. That's what it is. The challenge is that when you look at the family tree, and the assets or lack thereof, you would obviously see when there's no protections. And so the, the interesting thing is the number one lift to advisors production comes in the insurances because it's the biggest gap that's obvious. Like if you looked in your closet 
If I told you, Cheryl, let's go to everybody's closet on this call, right? We're going to go to your closet and we're going to open up like no prep time. We're just going to look at it. If I told you that 90% of the people in there don't have socks, you'd be like, what are you talking about? No, 90% of the households that we look at in Asimap, I've told you how many, a million households, or yeah. a million, million people, 90% of them are underinsured. Now, these are people working with serious financial advisors. And I'm talking basic metrics. Like they don't have enough to cover two, three years of replacement of their income. That's how underinsured our population is. Yeah. It was asset map a life insurance tool. No, it just points out the biggest gap. It makes it obvious. You can't you can't ignore it. Like no socks. Come on, let's go to this. Let's go to Walmart. We'll go pay with some socks. Yeah. And let's fix the problem. And so that's the funny part. I think advice has been really lacking on that. We focus on investments all the time, but insurance has been short shrifted. Amen. And I'll tell you too, it, just the, the, the GoFundMe's aside, yeah. I tell people when something bad happens, because it does, it just happens. We're humans. And this is, uh, the first thing that people say is, um, am I going to be okay? Yeah. And we have to have an answer for that. That's what our job to prep and plan for the, am I going to be okay? Yeah. And I have such a, um, a desire within me. I mean, I love females and finance and everything we do, but the insurance part of who I am is so committed to mm. you don't have to have a one pulley, but you, you know, it may not have to have a six pulley, but we can definitely get you into a two pulley elevator. Come on. You know, it's trying yeah. to ladder and learn how to, to, to finesse that. And it is a, it is a, an asset that needs managing yeah, watched true. and seen. So I just, when I opened, you opened up your software, my heart was just was like, Oh, he sees <laughs> me. He sees oh. me. It's, it was like the third grade teacher. You know, you understand me, and uh, and it, it's just beautiful software. Thank One you. of the things too that I I want I cannot leave this call today without talking about is I watched your lamp session on disruption. <laughs> yeah. So it's something that I happen to be very passionate about is how do we disrupt? How do mm. we disrupt? Not in bad ways. We're talking about disrupt in a way that pivots in, in a positive manner. Some of my very good friends that I, I'm blessed to have in my circle are people like Mike Maddock from Maddock Douglas, who mm -hmm. I just adore him. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, there's somebody that had let me in early on when innovation was like not as cool as people like you and okay. Mike have made it. It's still disruptive. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was so funny. Uh, but I, I love the fact that that particular talk, and I'll make certain that the link for that is attached to this because people... Mm -hmm. You, if you're listening or watching, you've got to listen to what beautifully said. But I feel like I've tried to, with my entire mission with Females in Finance, for example, I wanted to disrupt the way we network and we supported each other. We connected. And I've done a pretty good job for a, a, a one gal shop. I'm, yeah, I'm dancing yeah. quite a bit and hustling on the side. Um, what do you feel disruption looks like today? in financial services or technology? What are some of the things? Because, you know, I've seen people talk on FinTwit, for example, like the Amazon of planning is going to happen or the, uh, sure. you know, insurance purchase at Walmart is going to happen. So I'm just kind of curious as a thought leader in this space, what you think? Oh, you could have told me you were going to ask me that. Um, the reason why I have such a hard time answering that is that the last five years, I've been speaking publicly and writing publicly a lot about this. Um, and thankfully, most of it is kind of played out. 
the whole question about remote delivery of advice. Okay, we got an accelerant this year. I've been doing it for the last 10 years. 70% of my meetings have been remote. We designed actually asset map for a remote meeting. So here we all are, now we're all remote again. Um, and we're not going back. And for many of us are not gonna go back and look full time. You know, there was a big disruption question in terms of whether robo was going to disrupt us. Yeah, we all clearly know that there has to be a human component to this because humans want, when there's a you know high cost of being wrong in a decision, they want a human. Um, what's really next? I, I, I tend to say, Cheryl, there's a big movement for financial wellness, literacy, accessibility. I thought what we saw last year in 2020 around diversity was a cry for help, right? It was a real recognition that this problem's been happening forever and our own industry has to do something about it. Um, and it, you know, it, I don't, I don't, it sounds, it was disrespectful, but I, it seems to me like all of a sudden the conversation is, you know, like, okay, we're back to like the way normal life was before. And, and I think we missed an opportunity and I think it's coming anyway, whether we like it or not. And I think it's this, it's not um, that we have to take financial, here, here's, I wanna say this right, cause I'll, this is not prepared. So I'm literally telling you what I think and get me in trouble. Where we have to focus as an entire community is on financial literacy. Mm -hmm. The only way to increase accessibility to all parties, whether they have means or don't is through education. And that has to start at the what level? The third grade level. Yeah. And so I'm on a big mission in this year. We are coming up with a program. I haven't told anybody this yet. So I'm telling you and your community that this year we will be focusing, refocusing Advice Tech Live, which is our project that we came yeah. up with. We're going to be refocusing this year on how do we specifically invest in financial literacy for children. And that's what I want to bring together a lot of the people in financial services and fintech specifically for us to start making a difference in the lives of people by actually building stuff that's not about how do we help another financial advisor do another 10 billion in AUM. It's how do we help the kid who's not getting any access or outlet to understand why they need to save versus spend, why they need to invest versus give it away. And it, or do both of those things. And so I'm really trying to, I'm starting to put together a whole group of people that are passionate about this. And I think that's the next disruption. The next disruption is how do you help people get better financially, financial wellness? Mm -hmm. And then how do we actually execute that? Now, I think that that apps and technology will play a huge role. It starts to question where the role of advisors are. And I think we are starting to see finally advisors move towards professional status mm -hmm. as an advisor, not just a salesperson who delivers advice, but an advisor who happens to sell because we still need implementation. That's really critical. We see a lot of people get good advice and then not do anything about it. So we or get good advice and then go to Facebook and go, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, right. Well, the key is they got to do something, right? Yeah. Like the reason they're underinsured according, you know, is because they just don't take the action. It's not easy. It's not, it's, that's still a relatively integrated system. I know people like Penny are, are doing some amazing things, right, that I've learned about, which is really awesome that you're connected there. So I, I think that, that um, yeah, that's my disruption is how do we I get back that. to finance um, and education? I know one of the things that I strategically did with females in finance, I went out to several associate deans, professors of finance in colleges mm -hmm. and said, because my concern was, 
you know, you have these students who are coming out of in, that are in finance and they have mm -hmm. to get a job because that student loan is going to come due. <laughs> and what are they doing to give them communities like mine, like Finch, whatever it might be? Is there something formal to bridge them into mentoring and networking and yeah. being rubbing shoulders with people who can make decisions? And I'm finding a lot of colleges do not actually have as good of a connection in that space as they should, or as some of the organizations think that there's already in place and it's not. So we have like five colleges today that we work with um, just to, to, to give them a bridging mechanism there, but you're right. Mm. Going back to the child, if you think kids can't, don't understand money. Oh, please. I've got nine grandkids that every one of them, if I held a five and a one, they'd be like, mm, $5. Thank you, grandma. And they'd walk <laughs> on. They, they, they understand that. Um, anything that we can do if you must find is to help with that. Yeah. I would love uh, to be a support, you know, Sure. Help, however I can help in that way because I, I believe firmly and I think if anything we learned from this past year of people homeschooling they don't have a fourth and fifth grade education level of math no they don't, they don't. and my daughter Farah uh, who I, I love to pieces she's 26 but when she was about 21 22 she came to me and she sat down frustrated and then she said oh i just want to tell you i'm super glad that you made me you know take geology made me like i made her take that no yeah, yeah, the school right. did she's like yeah geology because you know what would have been helpful taxes i don't know how to fill out any of this stuff <laughs> that's okay you know <laughs> geology such a such a lifelong class there i can identify that rock but I can't fill out <laughs> my taxes, you That's know, funny. and she recognized that in sarcasm, you know, in, in 21, at age 21, 22, yeah. um, you know, I, I think we need a lot more financial literacy, financial wellness and advocacy around that. So anything we could do, I love that. And that lifts all boats, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It really does. And it makes it actually easier. I'll, I'll tell you something disruptive. I asked you a hard question. I'll share, share something I shared Good, recently. Yeah. Somebody came to me and asked about how do we recruit? Well, then how do you recruit more people, Cheryl? Here's my answer. I think that we're looking, first of all, in the wrong places for people with the wrong credentialing, et cetera. And I'll give you an example. There is a if you look today at financial service professionals and real estate professionals, okay. almost exactly living the same way. We have to get a license. We have to have continuing education. We have applications. We have uh, software. We have to understand the underwriting component, the money part of it. Women yeah. make most of the decisions when it comes to it. Um, mm -hmm. There are so many synergies between this. And yet, when people are going out and proactively recruiting, stop going out into the same pools of the same people that you've tried to shake and sift her out. And it's a just, it's like you go to the optometrist and they go, is it A or is it B? Yeah, and there's yeah. only the slightest deviation, right? Yeah. And they try to find it, just make a slight deviation and look over into like the real estate professional. Mm. Because I think a lot of them are already used to living on either fee or commission. Yeah. They are used to filling out, they're, they're used to all of that same professionalism around money and having difficult dialogues. And I think that they could be very, very good recruitment opportunities and partners to us in this world. Yeah. And they're used to being hungry. <laughs> right. Right. And my mom's a realtor. I, that's, I know that. Not right now. They're doing pretty good in this market, but yeah. <laughs> where there's no inventory. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just a matter of looking at it just a little different.
yeah. just a little different. That's so a I great point. That. That's a great point. I love that that perspective. I'm I'm a big fan of perspective and seeing things differently. How about this? Actionable education is my favorite thing on the planet. What's one thing you want to tell anyone listening, watching? If you've shared today about this financial technology world disruption, all the stuff that's out there, what is the one thing that you hope when somebody stops listening that they act on, that they do something with? Cheryl, um, what is the one thing I hope you guys all do? Okay, so I, I really hope that everybody, my big mission, just so you know, it's, I'm gonna tell you, is to put an asset map on every refrigerator in the planet. I think that just like we have our pictures of our family and kids, we start owning our financial decisions as if they are just part of the normal day-to-day -day life. And you're only gonna do that if you have comfort, it's not intimidating and it's easy. And finally, we decide to own it as opposed to delegate it to someone else and hope they take care of it. That means taking ownership. So what is what is it? The first thing, and I said this on NBC too, make sure you know your entire financial inventory, get it on one page. If it's asset map or not, get it to a place where you can say, this is my financial stuff and then show it to somebody who cares. Because in that opportunity, you will have conversations of why does this exist? Does this serve you? Have you thought about doing this? We have to start opening up the financial closet and stop hiding it because we're either concerned about it or we don't trust people. And that's the only way we're gonna get better. I think it's, it's, about, it's about revelation. So I encourage everybody to get to a place where they can finally show their wounds and let's get, let's fix it, all right? That's, that's where I hope you guys all take some- I love that. And no shaming. No shame. Because that's one of the things I've overwhelmingly heard about financial education and such is that they feel ashamed totally. that they totally. got themselves here. And I think we need to do a lot better job of being checking in with people's personal currency, as I like to call it, hmm. you know, the things that that drive them. There's a lot of mindset and behaviors, which we could go on forever and ever and ever. And there's financial therapy out there today. There's a whole world of things that just weren't available to us back in 1999. Yeah, I, I, I think take everything from the closet, dump it on the bed and decide what's going back because most of that stuff doesn't fit. And you know, you're gonna find you're missing socks or they don't fit or they got holes in them. Like let's, it's time to, it's time to Marie Kondo the financial closet. I think, and that's, you know, we have to just decide to do it. It's not fun, we just do it. And it's, it's cathartic though, if you can actually execute it. Love it, love it. Okay, cool. I always love to wrap up interviews in a fun way. I know. I ask every guest three questions. I have okay. to answer them too. Are you ready? No, I don't know, but okay. All right. Question number one. Yeah. What do you like to do that you consider touristy? Touristy. Um, I love to walk around. Actually, I live in the city now. I love to walk around. I look at all the buildings like I'm like I'm always looking around like at architecture, no matter where I am, I'm constantly doing it. Everyone looks like thinks I'm a tourist. So that's touristy that I do. Okay, so I like, yeah. I wish Daryl were here. He'd be like, yes, yeah, she does. I like to take a picture in front of the signs. Like when we go to places and it'll say like, welcome to Scottsdale. Oh, wow. I'm the fool that gets out and jumps out of the car and runs over. And I stand there like, <laughs> Very totally cool. not safe. It was much different when I was younger, but I can't stop myself now. That's too funny. <laughs> I, I still, was here. I do. There you totally. go. You scratch your name and like the date too on the back of the. <laughs> I'm such a moron. 
but I love it. I got like books of this. This is my favorite thing to do. I come over and I'm like, you know know where all your pictures were taken. Scottsdale, clearly. I know. I love it. How about this one? Uh, Number two, what's the most difficult thing about being you? (laughs) What's the most difficult thing about being me? Probably putting up with myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna end it there because I know that everybody's like, so everybody on my team, you know, every time I get into a moment, I'm like, I'm gonna change the planet. They're rolling their eyes. So I think managing myself to not to be too crazy is, I think, what I have to, that's what I have to put up with myself. Oh, what about you? All right, here we go. So for me, it's going to be, I am very, uh, I like to follow processes of things and if we don't do the process I, I'm very like hey can we go back and do the process so yeah. I like to think I'm roll with it but I'm not as much roll with it as I'd like and uh, I did a recently did a Colby test that I don't want to talk about okay and Penny. came back as cheese but David would maybe actually take it be honest with you but, but he was like take this Colby test he sends it to me one day and I answer the questions and then I got the answers I was like oh they saw my soul and so yeah so like for example i'm a quick starter i'm like let's figure it out we'll build that parachute jump it out let's go let's go let's go i got it you know (laughs) and uh but it's who i am and yeah that's a lot of crazy okay it's a lot of crazy but Uh you have to be to to change things i think it's kind of who we are creatively there's a lot to manage Uh that was i saw that i was like i i I saw that question i'm like oh that's an adam question how about this one (laughs) Do you have a moment in your life you wish you could relive? Oh, wow. You mean do over or have it have that experience again? Have experience again. I don't believe in do overs because you get, you learn something in the moment, even if it was crappy. Boy, there's too many. All right. So I'll go first. Okay. I thought about this. Thank you. So my do over moment or relive moment we're gonna relive it we're gonna say my relive moment i'm five years old Mm. sitting in the back of my dad's light blue uh truck and we're at parked by a lake and the doors are open my mom passed away the year later after this but i remember this day like it just happened this is 45 Mm. years ago and it was sunny and i still remember the smell of the pond and she gave me kentucky fried chicken with a spork for my mashed potatoes out of the little styrofoam cup. Wow. I would go back there in a second. In a second, if somebody told me I could go back there and relive that. you go back as you are today oh. or as you were then? Mm, that's a good question back. See? Um, well, it makes a difference because I can answer differently. Yes, depending I on know. Life. Would you I want to know what I you probably, know now? I don't know. I think I just loved the innocence of who I was at that age and just... I took everything in and you know, it's interesting out of all the memories, you don't have too many of them prior to five and four. Usually there's not too, too much that you remember, but that day is such a sliver of my life that I described it to my father. Cause I thought I made it up one time. And my dad's yeah. like, that's exactly what happened that day. Like, he remembered that. So it was just a good day. It's the thing that warms my wow. heart. When somebody says, go back to a time and place where you feel you're very happiest and I can remember the sunshine and I had on I was very tan I had on shorts and I was sitting there and I had long pigtails and I was eating that mashed potatoes with a spork a Kentucky fried chicken I can see the whole thing wow 
Yeah. So had like however many years to think about that one. You gave me like 30 seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I lived that with you. I like, I, I don't know. I'm sure that the people listening the heard that saw it. That's like, the part. I mean, I don't even know if they make them anymore, but I'm just saying I remember that. But oh, they should if they don't. That's about where that, you know, we're talking about the environment basically falling apart. They should make more sports. We don't need to one We're using spoon, spoons at forks. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. I lived in San Francisco a long time and you could do a lot of chopsticks. Yeah, that's true. See, how about that? A chopstick spork with a serrated side. (laughs) I think it's called a multi-tool, Adam. I think it's already been created. (laughs) See, that's what I have people who rolls their eyes like, Adam, we're not starting a new business just because you have like this. I'm like, no, we need another company. Unless it's going to listen to this and be like, we're not starting a new business. Absolutely not. No, no, no. No, but someone's going to hear this and be like, dude, I have, I know how to do it. I'm going to do it. (laughs) I hope they do. Why we when do you it? do, and you're on Shark Take, just remember when. Make sure you say yeah, asset man. I'll call you out. Um, I, you know, the, the things that are coming back to answer your question, I know we got to wrap up, but the, I think I would love to go back to certain memories also in my childhood. I have several now. I don't want to like say, and I would like to figure out if my memory is actually the truth too. Yeah, that's like, why I asked my dad. I did. I, I, I was like, did I make this up? Am I like, I think we do make a lot of it up though. I mean, yeah. especially looking back, I would love to see it with a fresh set of eyes. And, but you're right. Gosh, the, the gratitude that you must have though, to recognize that specific moment mm. is really powerful. And I think, you know, if I get to change, you know, the dumb financial advisor answer that I gave before, go do a financial inventory. No, the takeaway is really to remember to live with gratitude. And that that's it, it's to remember that no matter what's going on, it's, you know, it could clearly be worse um, and to be grateful to those things that we do have and those people that we have left in our lives. So I, I think um, that's a that's the takeaway that really matters in all this stuff. And even though you didn't answer the question, but <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I had to. No, no, no. This is great. I It gives me a lot of insight and a new way to look at things. That's what you're really good for. We're going to make certain that we provide a link to all the ways to connect with you. You are your amazing email ally at Females and Fighters, but more importantly, the financial community as a whole. You are just a giver, a giver, a giver all the time. And I am grateful that you're in my sphere. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. And so, and, and you too, there are so many people that I've talked to and, and that you've touched uh, and just think of the world of you. I'm so happy to call you my friend and thank you for all you're doing in our industry uh, and with people in general. Uh, we all are. Wonderful. Yep. And listeners, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of The F Word. You can learn more about today's guest. It is Adam Holt, everybody. You know, this was great. The topics we cover, we're going to visit. Uh, you can visit the links. We're going to have that link to your lamp talk uh, on that. It was so right. good. So good. Um, if you love today's podcast, you know you did. I want you to subscribe. Please make sure you hashtag females and finance so we can follow along with that post. We always want you to remember, though, the F word. It's where females and finance are not dirty words. Thank you, everyone, for being on here today. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Cheryl. Bye, everyone. Bye.